In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We've just been through quite a weekend of many celebrations, uh, many events, uh, and a life here at St. Anne's, and especially mindful as we end every service with the Polyacronium, which is basically the many years that we sing for our Metropolitan and for our Archbishop. And now these will not, well at least Tikhon will be a name, but at least Alexander, you can at least have a semblance of who our Archbishop is, uh, his words and his presence here, uh, even though there is a picture of him around the corner, uh, that he has been here and he's been able to be here quite a bit actually. In the past three years he's been here once a year, so we might not see him for a while because he has over a hundred communities under his omophorium. Uh, so let's always remember him in our prayers you do in your daily prayers, uh, you'll see at the end of many um, prayer books where I have commemorations, especially morning prayers, to remember your spiritual father, to remember uh, the hierarchy, etc. But that you can pray for our Father in Christ, Archbishop Alexander. This feast uh, that His Eminence was able to preside with us on Monday and do the great blessing of the water, the first blessing of the water, which this Sunday. We will then uh, do another blessing of the water this Sunday. However, instead of doing it within the church, we will do liturgy and then we will process in St. Anne style down the turnpike to the lake, to uh, the marina area, I don't know what else to call it, <laughs> that area. And we will there bless the waters of Melton Lake. Uh, which was confusing to me when I first looked at the Google Maps trying to figure out which exactly body of water it is since it looks like a river to me. Uh, but Google Maps tells me it's Mountain Lake. It's, it looks like a river to me. But it's a slow part of the clinch. Excellent. We will bless it, and that blessing will flow down whichever body of water it is. It will eventually hit the clinch. Uh, and this blessing... It's, this feast is one of my all-time favorite feasts, but in the beginning it was not so. Uh, in the beginning, of course, you kind of have your, your favorite feasts, and I can, you can probably imagine what, what my favorite feast was at the beginning of my life in the Orthodox Church. Pascha, of course, the Feast of Feasts, which is still one of my favorite feasts, but this particular feast, uh, in the depth of winter, we have... Uh, these kind of cycle of feasts. We have Christmas with God with us. We have the birth of our Lord in his solidarity with our flesh, that he comes as a young child to be one of us, to be with us, to bring God into our presence. A few days after that, on January 1st, we have the circumcision and the naming of our Lord, and we learn that his name is Jesus, the name that we know that every knee shall bow before. And then we come to Theophany, and in the church this was the Feast of Light. Uh, a Feast of Light because in this feast we have the I Am. As you can tell from the icon on the iconostasis, the around the nimbus or 
the halo around Christ. Uh, you will always be able, if you ever look at an icon you can't figure out, if you see a cross with the ho'on uh, in it, then you are looking at Jesus Christ. Uh, this is the Greek for I am. The same words that God revealed to Moses in the burning bush. We have the I am has come into the very elements that we see at the beginning of creation at Genesis. I am God, the fullness of reality. The, as the prayers actually say, uh, God beyond divinity, the most real and therefore our inability to put exact words on, but we can point towards God comes as a child, he submits himself to circumcision, and now he submits himself to baptism by his creature, John. And we have, as you can see in the icon, around him the chaos of the waters. Christ our God as the I Am. He is truth. He is goodness. He is beauty. If we were to talk about uh, what is real, you look at Jesus Christ and you can say, he is real. And I don't mean real as in like he's a historical character. I mean that within him and his uh, presence, we have the full weight of what it means to be real. And we've also experienced uh, that fullness. And in that fullness, we've also experienced, though, and part of the reason why we can experience that fullness is that we've experienced what it means to be in the waters pretty far away from the fullness. Our experience of evil, for in the teachings of the fathers of the church, evil actually does not have existence. God is fully real and the truly existing one. And evil is actually, well, we experience it at real, right? I don't think anyone would argue with me <laughs> that you experience evil. But the fathers of the church say that evil is actually a parasite. It's something that exists that does not have reality at its roots. It's something that's rooted in our wills that when we sinned and Adam and Eve, when that came into the world, all of the chaos of the world, death spread. You can see this in Genesis, right? How, how old do the people at the beginning of Genesis live for? 900 years, 800 years. You have really long lifespans. I'm sure that's why insurance did not exist back then. There would not be any premiums. This reality of how death slowly but surely works itself into the human race. We see this in the fratricide right after the fall between uh, Cain and Abel. We see the chaos. We see Babel. We see everything breaking apart. God even repents of having created man in Genesis. But God is also working through all of this chaos to bring 
his fullness, to bring his presence. Our experience as we read and find in the Psalms, and as we find ourselves and our identity in the Psalms, and I highly encourage you, if that sounds odd, to try and find yourself in the Psalms. And I'm sure if you actually read just a Psalm or two, you'll be able to see your experience refracted in some way in that Psalm. There's many Psalms about water. And what is the main theme of water in the Psalms? I'm scared. The water is up to my neck. I'm drowning. I can't handle it. The waters, the waters. But who comes into the waters? The truly existing one. Who comes into the nothingness? Who comes into the breakdown, the dissolution, the evil that we feel at our nipping at our heels or that we ourselves have firmly embraced and allowed to become a part of our second nature. Christ comes into that chaos, that dissolution. Save me, O God. And we have Christ coming. He comes as I am. He comes as God with us. And he also comes... Not alone. He comes as we sing for the Traparian for this feast. The voice of the Father declares who the Son is, and the Holy Spirit descends upon the Son. As we encounter this feast, this is a, as all of the major feasts actually are, little pieces of the basic structure of God's salvation for us. We're in sin, and God comes and saves us. He brings light. He reveals himself. He casts off the chains that we have, unfortunately, shackled ourselves with. And he brings salvation. He brings reality. He brings light. And this all, of course, then... We see this refracted, of course, if, as we uh, hear on Sunday morning, and I'll make sure in the next week to put uh, in the email the prayers, because the blessing over the waters, uh, you'll see a lot of parallels with our own baptismal service. Because our reality in Christ, where Christ has saved us, is our own plunging into the depth of death, Christ's death. His full solidarity, his full way of identifying completely with us, all the way even to our death. We have Christ in theophany, showing forth also our salvation and our baptisms. And so every year at theophany, we come, not only do we bless the waters, and we then uh, throw water everywhere, uh, especially the Tipicon actually has that the priest. Uh, throws water in the face of the faithful. It says, in the face of the faithful. Uh, so you have this kind of mirth around the water being splashed in people's faces. But this is also then brought into all of our homes. And this is a time where the church comes into our home, we light our candle, and then we bless our homes because the reality of Christ 
is not to be maintained here within the church, for the church is the entire creation. You are a part of that church, and your home is to be sanctified, to be brought into the fullness of reality. No matter what has occurred there, God will come and visit and make himself available. He will sit down and dine with you. If you open your hearts, you open your minds to Christ's coming. It's a lot. Reality is a lot. Reality is something that we can uh, turn away from. And yet every year at Theophany, reality comes into wherever we are, and he splashes us in the face to wake us up, to recall us to our baptisms, to recall us to our deaths that we are to die in Christ so that we may live, that we may be stabilized uh, to give all glory, honor, and worship to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Amen.